people you don't like it. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. Well, here we are today. Uh, it is May 8th, 2019. I'm actually here with uh, my wonderful husband, Joe, and my dad, Cliff. And we are going to chat a little bit about um, what it means that God let you stand there. That wasn't the title. Wasn't? No. But well, what's the title of these programs? Oh, Hear Me Die? Yeah, these are the Hear Me Die series of conversations, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is about life and death. Right. But it's because I'm dying that I'm doing this, right? Right. Okay. Just one. Oh, no, but I jumped ahead to the topic for today, not... I, I know uh, you did. Oh, okay. But we but need you... to give... We're doing good because we're going to play this. This is yes. we're not we're not editing out no. anything. So, so this is the Hear Me Die, and it's about Joe wanted to know it was about it was about torture. Why God did you have me stand here? Mm -hmm. That was the yes. That was basically the the, the thesis of this Hear Me Die is why would and I'm going to take the word God out of there because. You know, that's there's a lot of people that necessarily get turned off by that. But why would a person be forced to stand and watch another person be tortured to death? Why would that happen? Now, have you ever been in a store where you've seen a mother berate a little child? And tell them they're ugly, they're fat, they're 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 nasty, or they're gonna get you know they're gonna get it when they get home. Is that torture? Have you ever seen or been in part of a situation where your parents or your teacher or someone is totally embarrassing you, humiliating you? Is that a form of torture? I mean, what is the torture? Of the soul, what's the torture of the self, you know? And then the the ultimate epiphany of, or not, not epiphany, but the, the actualization of torture, is that somebody's standing there, you know, beating someone to death, you know, and uh, pulling on their arms off, and you know the the last scenes in in uh, that famous Scottish movie where Mel Gibson gets ripped apart, so, torture of the soul is another issue. You know, wh why is it that we torture our souls? Why is it that we reach inside ourselves and we rip ourselves apart and we, we say, you lousy piece of, you terrible, you ugly, you fat slob, you, you scumbag. And we, we do it all to ourselves. We, we beat ourselves up. And then we turn around and if our child comes in the door Somebody comes to the door, we whack them, we hit them, we go drink, we drug, and, 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 and all of a sudden life becomes hell. So that in my case, I was in Vietnam, and I was, uh, I had like an undercover job in a kind of a way because I could go anywhere, and no one knew who I was with or why I was there, they thought, a lot of people thought I was a CIA guy, because they just come out of the bushes sometimes. And um, 
and I had my 45 on, no rank, you know, or that. And so I had this, this passage, and I was older. So people just, like, let me, you know, let me go and come. And I was uh, in a unit that was on the far outskirts of the perimeter, and uh, I went down to the mess hall to get a cup of coffee and had a big chain there saying off limits, da da da. I didn't pay attention to those things. I went down to get a cup of coffee. And it was a mess hall and it was like open and there's a, a uh, tent, or not a tent, but a bamboo uh, with uh, picnic tables in it for, for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But between breakfast and lunch, they, they cordoned off the area. And I, I was walking around the back of the mess tent, and I saw this pin, and this pin was this uh, galvanized wire, and it was in a big circle, and inside of it were three Vietnamese men prisoners in their black pajamas, and this one woman in an dye, a black, long dye, very beautiful, long, raven, black hair. And I went into the mess tent, and I got a cup of coffee from the mess clerk, and then, as I was coming out, I noticed the, the woman was in the tent, in, or in the mess hall, with the open area, with a Vietnamese, we had South Vietnamese interpreters, and a ball-headed guy that looked like he was on the A-team type of guy. And they were torturing this woman. They were uh, beating her with a stick, they were kicking her, breaking her legs under the table, they were electrocuting her with um, the field wires. You see the radios where they, you, you wind up this radio and they take the wire and they, because the Vietnamese were fearful of electricity, they didn't have it, they knew what it was. And they would ask these questions of her and uh, the, the American would ask the Vietnamese interpreter to, to ask her this question or that question. and. Uh, when she didn't answer, they would they would apply either beat her with a stick or, or punch her in the face or or uh, electrocute her. And uh, I leaned against the post. I'm like maybe ten feet away, and I'm watching this. I'm I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, what what a horrible thing, beating this woman now. The Vietnamese were like everyone was our enemy. It, she could have been on the blacklist. You know, you go into a village and, and if someone's name was on a blacklist, she, it could have been the rice collector, the VC. And you'd be the rice. You know, they make them do these jobs. Some of them are just intelligence gathered. So the, the point of it is, you could have innocent people being victims. You know, because their name appears on this list. But when you go in and you find their name, you know, they're automatically an enemy. So. I couldn't tell you. Now, this woman may have killed a whole bunch of our people. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know anything about it, except there was just a human being there. So, as they're torturing her, I'm standing there becoming more and more concerned about her and less and less concerned about the torturers. My hand went down to my gun, my 45, and I had this urge to, to pull my gun out and shoot the interpreters to save this woman's life. I knew that if I did that, I would be instantly killed. <laughs> My own people would kill me. I mean, they're, they're like, what are you doing? These are, these are the enemy. 
but to watch another human being being tortured and then they're laughing doing it. It isn't just, it isn't just, oh, like it's real serious. It's like they're laughing. And so the next thing they do is they, they drag her over where I'm at and there's a crossbar going across the, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the food, yeah, the food place, right? There's a crossbar, bamboo crossbar going, it's all open. And there's a rope there, and they, they string her up by her arms, right in front of me. I could reach out and touch her. And they start beating her with a stick and, and asking her more questions. Her face is all broken. Her, her eyeball is hanging out on, down her cheek, you know, and uh, her arms are broken, her leg... The, 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 the tibia on her leg is sticking through her where they've been kicking her and they're, 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 and they're giggling the Vietnamese interpreter is giggling and the, the uh, main guy he, he must think I'm a CI you know he must think because I'm a, I'm a salty uh, the Vietnamese guy turns and hands me the stick and he says he knew, he, he knew my name he says, want to beat her, Cliff? And for a moment, my hand moved towards the stick. And, and I, it was like a magnet. I could, because I had become so engrossed in the horror, I was becoming the horror. Because no matter what I did, I couldn't stop it. If I did, I would die. And at the same time, there's something about horror that's attractive. It's, it's like when you go by an accident and you see all these people, bodies lying out, you want to stop and look at them. You know, you, there's, a, there's, this, there's this strange, bizarre feeling of being part of horror. Uh, you watch a disaster, people go to disaster movies or the end of the world movies or or they watch a Walking Dead. There's like this fascination with this horror, this absolute wretched horror. And I was there. I was watching it. I was part of it. And when they said one and beat her, my hand started moving towards the stick. And all of a sudden, I had this, the most ugliest feeling that a human being can ever have, that I was a beast. I was, I was the horror. You know, I was at the end of Apocalypse Now. You know, the horror, the horror. I was it. And no matter how good I thought I was, I knew I was that. I was this ugly entity. This woman looked at me, and her eyeballs hanging down, and she looked at me plaintively with the one eye she had in the other eye, and it was as I could hear her saying to her soul, kill me, kill me, Cliff. And everything inside of me wanted me to, to pull my gun out and just blow her brains out to end it. But instead, as my hand's going towards that thing, I, I, I stumbled and I spun around and I ran up the hill as fast as I could to get away. It was like getting away from evil. And as I got halfway up the hill, I heard the, the, the gunshot. I knew they'd killed her, you know. Thank God they'd killed her. So... And then I ran into a chaplain's tent, and I won't go into the story with a chaplain. And I said, can we stop this? And he said, no. And I said, but you're a chaplain. And I said, why well, can't we stop it? Why can't you go to the colonel? He says, 
this isn't our business. And I was saying to myself, it really isn't my business. I'm a warrior, you know what I mean? But to try and save the world, you 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 have to become a torturer? You know, it's been this big question. So, in life, we're going to have all kinds of tortures, little tortures, big tortures. Maybe one day, you know, somebody will have the kind of torture experience that I had or, or be tortured themselves. But in the, in the truth of it all, the question is, why would God or this power greater than myself or the world or, or circumstances put me in a position where I'm tortured? A little bit? A lot? Or witnessing it? I mean, at what point does your humanity step in and say, this is enough. This is enough. Like, I've always berated myself for not pulling my gun out and at least shooting her. You know, I could have, could have, but I would, I would be a dead man. I mean, they would court, I mean, I, it would be like, you know, you sign up to be a Marine, buddy, you know. But, but what about our lives? When we, when we walk around this life and the worst torture, I think, for me, is when you, as an individual, torture yourself. When you tear yourself up. When you berate yourself. When you, when you feel like, like, like you're, you're, you're nothing and you're just ripping yourself up and you're, you're, you're beating on your chest and you're saying, what a scumbag I am. Or you're saying that about somebody else. In both cases, you're torturing yourself and you're torturing the world. And there's something better than that. I can't tell you what it is, but I know that torture isn't it. And if God or this entity or life says, why did I let you watch that torture? So that you would know beyond a reasonable doubt that there's something other than that that's better for you and the world.